Hey, Flora. Yeah. Do you know there's better things to do during your commute than stalk your ex on Facebook? Fire! <laughs> do better, Flora. And do Chicago better with the Red Eye mobile app. Get it from the App Store or Google Play. Phantom Hills. Do you have a special event coming up? Black Mass. Dark Summoning. Wedding. Then look no further than Phantom Hills Venue and Event Grounds. Phantom Hills. Phantom Hills. Phantom Hills. Phantom Hills is proud to offer indoor, outdoor, or pan-dimensional accommodations. Phantom Hills offers a world-class buffet for guests of any event. Exorcism or Mitzvah. Quinceanera. Phantom Hills is proud to announce our new liquor license. Tall Boy. Fody. Four Logo. Rest assured, your blessed memories will live on forever with Phantom Hills custom residual hauntings. Terrify visitors for years and years and years to come. Book your reservation now and let us help you make memories that will last an after lifetime. Phantom Hills. Welcome to Blurry Photos. Blurry Blurry Photos. That might be like the uh, the telethon sketch, or it was more fun to record than it was to listen to. <laughs> it could be. I got to tell you though, I I have a regret about the telethon sketch. I feel like that was a really good idea, but we got we just got carried away with doing the dumbest voices we could yeah, think it was of. Very poorly executed. You know what what the deal is with that? One of us has to do a voice like that. Yeah. Because we can't both do voices that are very hard to listen to yeah and the voices that we chose were hard to listen to yeah we needed a straight man but uh, not like the smooth flowing honey that is phantom Phantom (laughs) hey kids don't forget stay tuned to the big drawing at nine (laughs) o'clock yours yours has a little (laughs) i'm not wearing pants (laughs) (laughs) well i am david flora i'm dave stecco we are hosts we are hosts with the mosts. We're ghost hosts with the most. That's part of the the thing. Phantom I'm Hills. your host. Your ghost, ghost host. <laughs> I worship at the altar of the haunted mansion. <laughs> we, uh, speaking of altars and worshiping oh, and all that shit. That's true. We have some news for Big everybody. week for blurry photos. Big, big week. Dave and David. Are getting married. Are getting married. <laughs> wait we, a minute. Wait a minute. We have uh, Dave talked and about I are it. not getting married to each other. Dave and I uh, asked our respective ladies to marry us. Yep, and they said yes. Yes, they did. They. I'm not. They are elegant, beautiful, intelligent ladies with uh, bad judgment, and there's no way I'd rather have it. So yeah, we're we're and this is this isn't a joke. Yeah, we're we're actually uh, we've we've gone through it and we didn't plan it. We, yeah, we, we it don't was do a, everything together. <laughs> yeah, it was this crazy coincidence where, uh, Flora, you had a bunch of delays with ring production. I I've been working on trying to get a ring since the summer. I think. Yeah, I I too have been kind of circling it for a long time. I my problem is that I I I unfortunately I don't see 
Kim nearly as often as I'd like, because for the time being, we live in different cities. So, you know, maybe once every four weeks or so I get to see her. So I kind of, once I got my ring finished and set, we, and we both, uh, I don't know, you guys want to know, we both designed our rings. Mm-hmm. We uh, got creative with it, had professionals then smelt them from precious metals. Yep. Minerals, Marie. That's right. <laughs> minerals, not rocks. It was um, about a week ago for me and in, in just less than a week for you. Yeah. I, it was I did, very close to each other. Yeah. Mine was uh, last Friday. I, I didn't want to get engaged on Valentine's Day because I felt right. like that was just the worst thing you could do. And so uh, once I realized that the next weekend I was going to see her was that weekend, I actually took an extra day off to work to get there early to avoid get, it, get, her get out of the blast radius of Valentine's Day. <laughs> to yeah. reach minimum safe distance <laughs> so yeah we both did uh, uh intimate uh, personal uh, engagements which is to say we were nude and <laughs> it worked out it, it worked out so yeah but that's that's the thing and so we were thinking you know what what would be a fun way to celebrate this why not do a, a real just i i consider this old school uh, in the sense of how we did the superstitions episode, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. ghost taxonomy. True. Uh, why don't we we get into some like wedding superstitions, uh, some traditions and some and histories, things, uh, histories that that origins behind things that yeah. you know people don't may not know about. You you've heard of it, don't know about it. Oh wait, before we get too far, I do want to let everybody know that yes, Flora's proposal did include Lego minifigs. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty legit. That's pretty awesome. Because, you know, there's one of me and one of Annie. So, yeah. And I have the one ring to rule them all from a <laughs> Hobbit set. So, so, so bada-boo. Bada-boo. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. We're doing some wedding superstitions. And, yeah. We're, uh, kind of, uh, we're kind of blowing, uh, blowing our own, tooting our own horn here. And, and why the hell not? It's our podcast. So guess what? Weird wedding things that Weird hopefully will not. <laughs> I hope that nothing we list here actually affects our personal weddings. <laughs> Because everything that I've read so far has been harrowing and bizarre. That's true. We've got a, a big list of weird things, things that are weird to us in our American culture. Yeah. Well, I feel like even the people in the cultures to which they belong are like, well, this is what we do, but it's weird. Maybe. But we, we've got some of that for you. And then, you know what? To top it all off, we got some wedding themed ghost stories. Oh, yeah. You know, for those of you who don't give a shit about weddings yeah that's right that's yeah. that's that's where we're at uh so hooray for us uh <laughs> uh hooray for kim and annie yeah yep so so begins or continues another chapter i don't know i don't know where we are in the book so shut up <laughs> yeah maybe one day we'll tell you how we did it but uh for now let's Oof. get to some uh i gotta tell you have you have you had people stuff. ask that I, yeah people ask me that. and it's embarrassing i feel like it's private you did it wrong <laughs> ah, I'm kidding. I don't know. It just feels no. weird. Like it feels weird explaining like how it went moment to moment. I don't think you have anything to be no, embarrassed I, about. I don't. Well, that's what I mean. It's, it's not like I did something wrong. It's not like it got super weird. It's just like, I don't know. I, there's a big part of me that's like, like somebody asked me exactly what I said and I was like, nope. Well, you, you know, getting down to like that kind of stuff is, is maybe yeah. a little weird, but I was like, that part was like, for her, not you, you fucking animals. <laughs> when I. Like when I told you, you know, like I had, I had pictures that I had notes written on. Yeah. I didn't let you read the notes, but I told you there were pictures with notes written on them. Right. You know? And you know what? Didn't ask. Also, I'm illiterate. So you, I mean, were, you were fine. Uh, everybody, it's a, it's a snake bite tail. So like, whatever. <laughs> Mormon um, gonder. 
Let's talk about this. Uh, I think we'll go into some interesting cultural wedding traditions, get into some of those popular wedding superstitions, some bizarre wedding traditions, and then uh, wedding ghost stories, man. Love it. That's that's all it is. So as you probably know, I don't even know why I wrote this down, but marriage is the legally or formally recognized you, union. Oh, you're going to go with Webster defines? You're going to go Webster defines? It, I don't think it was Webster, but it's, a, it's an amalgamation of, fair enough, fair of enough. definitions. Bring it. Formally recognized union of two people as partners in a relationship. And so some, those two people could be of any sex. Well, I'm not here to judge you. Yeah. You know, no, I'm, here's I'm, a hint. Nobody is. Exactly. Okay. Guess what? Okay. <laughs> two dudes want to get married? F***ing A right. Two girls want to get married? F***ing A right. Well, that's that's blurry photo stance. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, you know what? They wouldn't make the t-shirts, and I was a little mad about that, but just saying, if you got a problem with that, go, f- go f*** yourself. <laughs> Getting real political on this one. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe I'll leave that to your discretion. <laughs> uh, in some cultures, two people may choose to marry out of love, while in other cultures, the marriage may be arranged by parents or political figures. Yeah. Heard of that. There are numerous traditions associated with marriage, since pretty much every culture has this institution in common. When I say numerous, I, it, it, it's oh. like there's too many. Y'all ain't got no idea how many times or ways people done thought of linking up with the other persons. We're going to go over some rather bizarre traditions as well as the origins of common ones, tell stories from mythology and legend, and end with some of those marriage-themed ghost stories. So, through history, marriage, as you know, has evolved quite a bit with some traditions hanging on. The ancient Hebrew concept of marriage viewed wives as more like property, something prized, the ancient Israelites were also polygonists, meaning the man was allowed more than one wife. Now, that the important thing there is, and it's, this isn't a word you actually hear very often, is polygonists with an N. Um, and, and just like Flora said, that means that the man has multiple wives. It is a form of polygamy, which we hear about a lot. Mm. Polygamy being the, the, uh, the umbrella term for any multiple married combination, whether it be girl heavy or guy heavy. So you've got polygyny, G-Y-N, which is where the male has multiple females. And then you've got polyandry, where the female has multiple males, both of which are polygamous. So I don't know. I had to look that up real quick. So how how fun is that? Yeah. We're all learning. We we do not have either of those. (laughs) Keeping the ratio real easy. (laughs) The ancient Roman marriages traditionally required witnesses to a ceremony and married women were subject to the authority of their husbands. If the couple opted for the less traditional way of sine manu, the wife stayed a member of her own family with rights and inheritances intact under the authority of her father, as opposed to being under the authority of the husband hmm. with his family's rights and inheritance. So it's like a kind of like a, a, a weird kind of prenup. Yeah, and I, I am sure it depended on who was wealthier. True. Yeah, you know? ex- yeah, ex- which is a, much like a prenup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Greeks had Hymen or Hymenaeus, the god of marriage. Conceit, really? Nothing? <laughs> I was just going to let it run. All I right. mean, it's, it's. All right, I'll, yeah. I'll let it run then. The god of marriage, conceived as a handsome <laughs> youth of such beauty, he might be mistaken for a girl. And invoked in the hymeneal or bridal song, he was considered one of the erotes, youthful gods of love. The names originally designated the bridal song itself, which was subsequently personified. 
In many tales, he is a savior of women in distress. I'm sure there are lots, but according to Aristophanes, there is one song for Hymenaeus. Yeah, I've heard that. Ooh, rock me, Hymenaeus. Ooh, rock me, Hymenaeus. Hymenaeus, Hymenaeus. Hymenaeus, Hymenaeus, Hymenaeus. Hymenaeus, Hymenaeus, Hymenaeus. Oh, oh, Hymenaeus, Hymenaeus, that is actually the song. It is that old. Falco, it's, it, was, it was public domain. He didn't have to pay royalties. Yeah. Who, who knew? <laughs> can I have the reception anywhere? Well, of course you can. <laughs> you dirty ape. <laughs> he can speak. He can speak. He can speak. I, I can, can speak. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Uh, how about some early Christianity? You see, the early Christians, they saw marriage as a private affair, no mm. ceremony required. Mm -hmm. Why did we mess that up? <laughs> we had it. We had it all. The uh, Pope. <laughs> uh, in the Middle Ages, uh, many nobles arranged marriages, uh, sometimes for the moment of birth. Wow. Ugh. Uh, the church didn't, <laughs> and the church didn't care for it. Points for the church. Yeah, they were like, nah. Uh, in fact, the church began increasing the number of causes for marriage nullification. Which is weird, uh, actually. Let me go back to that. That is, I mean, everyone thinks that, well, over historically, um, things like divorces and things like that moving forward, it just gets easier and easier. And as you go backwards in time, marriage is this unbreakable contract. So that's kind of a cool fact that there was a time there where they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was a baby. Nullified. <laughs> Nullified. I hope that's I'm how they did it. Pretty, I'm pretty sure the... Uh uh, the, old, the old tutors Excelsis had something to do with that too. Nullify, nullify. <laughs> you know when when the king wants you to expand the uh, reasons for annulments. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure, that helps some. <laughs> uh, so, and as Christianity spread, so did one's freedom of choice. Yeah, you could actually choose who you married. Crazy. Uh, now, with the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century, the role of marriages in making rules passed to the state from the church. As a matter of fact. My Lord Hardwick's Marriage Act of 1753, marriage required a religious ceremony observed by witnesses, except for Jewish and Quaker marriages or other customs, except for Jewish, <laughs> Quaker, or miscellaneous. Or everything else. Yes, my Lord. Job's done. <laughs> and yeah, you, you could have peons do that. They could be exactly. witnesses. <laughs> um, Norse marriages were one of the most important social customs of that culture. They signified a union of families, which were then honor bound to help each other, which was, you know, important for not dying. Right. By help each other. Yeah. That was usually involved in acts and pulling it out of someone's chest, <laughs> a fish and pulling it out of the sea to put in your belly. Yep. While the law did not require that a woman consent to her marriage, it seems to have been a very good idea to get her approval for in the sagas, Quote, all five marriages made contrary to the stated will of the girl are unmitigated disasters, ending with the death, maiming, or divorce of the husband. End quote. Ask a girl or you're going to get Whoa. an axe to the face. That's right. At the very least. <laughs> Viking women were not to be f***ed with. Vikings in general. Not a mm. people to be f***ed with. Vi Viking shield maidens, though, you know, super don't f*** with them. <laughs> <laughs> Super don't, dude. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, bro. Seriously, super don't. It's a double don't, bro. <laughs> double don't. The sagas also show that it was a normal practice for fathers to consult their daughters before betrothing them 
for those women who were not asked expressed their rage and frustration over the fact. I like how that's written out as like a, a fact as though like, well, you know, as though like it was a cultural thing. Well, if he doesn't ask, then I have to express my rage and frustration <laughs> as opposed to like, just, that's just how people are. Yeah. You know. He didn't ask. Of course I'm pissed. <laughs> right. Super pissed. Double pissed, bro. Double don't. Weddings were long rituals, which ended in feasting. <laughs> and if the procedures were not followed exactly in terms of uh, rituals, the sanction of the gods was not bestowed. This didn't mean there was a worship ritual, though. Uh, but sources say that a depiction of Mjolnir could be placed in the lap of the bride asking Thor to bless her. And that Freyr and Freya were often called upon in matters of love and marriage. Weddings lasted at least three days if you were anybody, dude. Oh, yeah. Flora, is there any way on earth that your marriage will not include a replica Mjolnir? It might now. Yeah. I might have her sit down and... I think you should go full Norse, brah. (laughs) You know I'll wear some bear pelts and shit. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I would see. I was thinking Victorian, but uh, I get a big ass bearded axe and just just wander around eating chicken legs, man. <laughs> big, no, turkey legs. That makes more sense. Just I'll just be eating. Be, wings, be bro. a little more uh, intimidating. I'll, be, I'll just was... be eating wings, bro. <laughs> I just have a big orange ring around my mouth <laughs> and a bear pelt. You have like this huge axe on your shoulder, and you're like nibble, nibble, yep, nibble, yep, yep, yep. nibble, nibble. Ooh, these are hot. These are so. <laughs> On my lips. Goat's milk. It's on my lips. <laughs> I need some goat's milk. Who's got a bladder of milk? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a great wedding. <laughs> Day two. I gotta be honest. I, why? I don't know. Everything's in bladders. I don't. Everything's don't, in bladders. The, there's a line for the outhouse. This bear skin smells terrible. <laughs> this axe is super heavy. <laughs> Day three. I should have asked you first. <laughs> so uh, I, I got a little got a little story here. Oh, bring it uh, from Norse mythology. This is the marriage of Njord and Scotty. Don't you mean Njord and Scotty? I cannot marry a Viking. My loins, I can't take it. <laughs> I'm already given her full power. <laughs> That's not a kilt climate. <laughs> While the gods were celebrating their slaying of the giant Thiazi and the return of the youth-giving goddess Idun to their halls, an unannounced visitor stormed into their merrymaking. <laughs> this was the giantess Skadi, who had arrived with armor and weapons to avenge the death of Thiazi, her father. The gods were patient with her and convinced her to accept reparations instead of seeking vengeance. These reparations came in three parts. First... Odin took Thiazi's eyes and ceremoniously cast them into the night sky, where they became two stars. Twinkle, twinkle. Second, the gods were to make Skadi laugh. After many feats were tried, none succeeded in bringing a smile to the grim face of the giantess. Well, there's really none of the Norse gods were at all funny or, or mischievous or trickstery. So, like, how would that even work? At last... Loki oh. tied one end of a rope to a goat and the other end around his testicles <laughs> and became a game of tug of war with the goat. Hi, I'm Loki, and this is Goat Wedding Tug of War. <laughs> Each screeched and howled in turn until at last Loki fell over into Scotty's lap. 
The giantess couldn't help but chuckle. Got her. Third, Scotty was to be given a god of her choosing in marriage, but she was to select him by the sight of his legs and feet alone. I get so married, my legs are beautiful. She picked the fairest pair of legs she could see, thinking them to be those of Balder. However, as it turned out, they were those of the sea god, Njord. She went into this knowing what she wanted. Oh yeah. She was like, I'd like some some, some shapely calves, please. After Scotty and Njord's magnificent wedding, it came time for the couple to decide where to live. Njord's home was Noatten. Is that the place of ships? Yes, it is. A bright, warm place on the beach. Scotty's home couldn't have been more different. Well, it could have been, but it probably wasn't. Likely. It was Thrymheim, the Thunder Home. A dark, foreboding place in the highest mountain peaks where the snow never melts. All she wants is what's beyond a thunder home. <laughs> we don't need another no turn. We don't need another place of shit. Right. <laughs> the pair first spent nine nights in Thrymheim. When this time had passed and they'd made their way down from the mountains, Njord declared that, although brief, his time in Thrymheim had been loathsome. He had been particularly dismayed by the sounds of the wolves, to which he had overwhelmingly preferred the songs of the swans to which he was accustomed. <laughs> After the two had slept for nine nights in Noatin, Scotty had similar opinions to express regarding the sunny home of Njord. The cries of the seabirds had been unbearably abrasive to her ears, and you know what? What? I'm with her. Yeah, I got it. I'd way mother. I would so much rather have wolves. She had found it impossible to sleep, so she departed for the mountains and the two parted ways. Thus ends the tale. But every now and then, they'll meet in Tuscany. <laughs> Him with his fair legs, her giant. Now I've got another one here for you. Another what? Another tale of wedding woe and, and, and wonder. This is, a, this is an Italian wedding. So crazy they named a soup after it. <laughs> Dave was very reluctant to read my paint by numbers joke. <laughs> no, here we go. This is the cursed wedding. I'm really hoping for some goat ball tug, tug of war. <laughs> Was that would that be a nug of war? Uh, <laughs> Should have called him Nyard. <laughs> yeah. Zing. Maria Vittoria del Pozzo, the sixth princess della Cisterna, is said to have had a cursed wedding when Prince uh, Amadeo, 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 Amadeo. When Prince Amadeo of Savoy announced he was going to wed Maria, his father, King Vidor Emmanuel II of Italy, was against the marriage. The main reason for this is that he felt his son could make a much better match. Oh, hey, my boy, he can do a better. That's it. <laughs> After all, Maria was a mere duchess consort without a royal birth. Ooh, duchess <sighs> consort. That means that she's just banging power. <laughs> Despite his father's objections, Prince Amadeo married Maria in May of 1867. Their wedding day appeared to be doomed. Thunder sound. Uh, the morning of the wedding, the bridal party discovered the woman who was responsible for the wedding dress had committed suicide. 
dry fuss. <laughs> what? Yes, the dress was made of taffeta. <laughs> she hanged herself. What a what a dick move. Like, I'm not, you know, I got my own issues, but I'm going to wait till the middle of your wedding. Well, so she hanged herself. Uh, Maria, being superstitious, chose to wear uh, chose another gown to wear. What do you think that gown was made of? Gingham. We're all out of taffeta. You used it all. You used it the first one. Damn it. As the bridal party made its way from the palace to the church, the colonel was chosen to lead the procession, fell off his horse, and died of sunstroke. How long did he lay there? Ugh. I just don't even want to get up. I'm just not, not even going to. So hot. So we got a dead colonel and a dead seamstress on our hands. That's oh. the that's 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 the body count so far. So far. With his replacement, the party continued, but the palace gates for some reason would not open. Oh shit. When the gatekeeper was sent for uh, was sent for, he was found dead in a pool of blood. Jesus. That's three. Ding! Yeah, no doubt. Uh, immediately after the wedding, the best man toasted the wedding party by shooting himself in the head. Party then left to board a train, but at once at the station, the man who drafted the marriage contract had internal bleeding in the brain and died. Ding! Where are we at, Flora? What's our kill count? Five. Jesus. After this, the station master was pulled under the wedding carriage or car and died. Ding! This brought the total death count to six. The king was now worried about the cost of all these funerals and not <laughs> wanting anything else to happen. Ah, oh, God, these things are really going to get expensive. Damn, he's son of a bitch. Another thousand <laughs> lira. What did they have? Uh, duck ducats? Li- li- lira. I think it's lira. Back then? Well, it's not like it was a thousand years ago. I don't know. They, they used pasta. The, this- <laughs> That's it. <Yeah>. Another ravioli. <laughs> this one's going to cost me three fusillies. <laughs> uh, okay, so the king is now calling bullshit on everything and demanded everyone return to the palace. As the wedding party... Everybody get out, all at once, in a stampede! Go, go, go! As the wedding party returned... uh, I'm sorry, as the wedding party exited the train, the Count of Castiglione got pulled under the wedding carriage. Second person for this to happen to. The medallion he wore was crushed into his body, stabbing him in the heart. Ding! Now, at this point, the remainder of the wedding group, they're making their way back to the castle like, like Black Hawk Down. They're like covering all corners. They're moving along in like military processions, trying to watch every corner. Anyone who startles them is murdered instantly. Yeah. This couple then lived together for the next 10 years. Then Maria died at the age of 29 during childbirth. Well, she was. Tung. Ding. <laughs> she was an old maid by then. Right. Yeah. 29. <laughs> what are we well, running a retirement they got a, home? They got a good 10 years out of it. Yeah, I guess. Regardless. Damn. After- how is seven, how seven are all these deaths? people getting pulled under? Was there a, a riptide underneath that carriage? So that story may not have been true, but it is a legend that uh, that's floating around of it's, like the it, worst marriage uh, wedding ever. It seems like it seems like like a, a a very gory version of like the aristocrats joke. Like every everything has gets beaten and is worse than the thing that happens before. And, and oh, and then there was a kitten in her lap, but then the kitten jumped in her mouth and she choked to death. <laughs> you know how kittens do that. You know how kittens do. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Enough of history. How about we talk about some uh, traditions? That, yes. Uh, 
So these are going to be Western traditions, Duh. primarily. But some things, uh, you know, that we maybe should look for in uh, our own weddings. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know, you know, God, wait a minute. What if we learn things that make us like hate part of these things? What if we learn too much, Flora? I guess it'll, uh, I guess we'll feel like flat earthers feel right now. (sighs) Well, do you mean smarter and smugger than everyone else? Because everyone is too dumb to understand. That's right. Their basic science that they've invented in their brains. That's right. Yeah. That's the thing that I've noticed. The most common thing is, is like, there's a, a kind of strange arrogance to it. Well, yeah, they've got it figured out. Right. And I mean, they have to call everyone else dumb like that. That just happened. Don't worry. We're going to come around to it because ladies and gentlemen, we've, we've received some really well-crafted communications as regarding our flat earth episode. Yep. Finally got some. Well, let's start out with rings. Yeah. And I'll go through a few of these that are, they're, Pretty short. Try to get the origins of of them, and I'm, I'm of course we'll leave some out. But uh, with the ring, the earliest evidence of wedding rings dates back to around 2800 BCE in Egypt. The wedding ring has been worn on the third finger of the left hand since ancient Rome, and that's because the Romans believed that the vein in that finger runs directly to the heart. The wedding ring is a never-ending circle, which symbolizes everlasting love. In 860, the Roman Catholic Pope, Nicholas I, declared that an engagement ring was required of all those who intended to marry. Puritans apparently renounced wedding bands because they considered jewelry frivolous. Colonial Americans often exchanged thimbles during the wedding ceremony because they were considered practical. Jesus, that's the most hipstery thing I've ever heard. (laughs) All right, Flora, how about... uh little something borrowed. Hit me. Okay, so you got the something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. And a silver sixpence in your shoe. I've never heard that part. Oh, I don't yeah. think many people have. Yeah, well, we've gotten rid of shoes and sixpence. English in origin, the rhyme can be found in, his, uh, in an 1876 edition of Notes and Queries oh. and is called an ancient custom oh, in, the, in the book. Custom. Bygones relating to Wales and the border counties. Uh, there's another book called Folklore that says, uh, in this country, an old- co- Oh, no. Oh, no. You are in the low end of the Firth Van Dyke scale, my friend. Ah, oh, damn it. It's Folklore of 1898. In this country, an old couplet directs that the bride shall wear, quote, something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. The something blue takes, I'm given to understand, usually the form of a garter or an article of dress which plays an important part in some wedding rites, as, for instance, in the old custom of plucking off the garter of the bride. The something old and something blue are devices to baffle the evil eye. The usual effect on the bride of the evil eye is to render her barren. And this is obviated by wearing something borrowed, which should properly be the undergarment of some woman who has been blessed with children. The clothes communicate fertility to the bride. (laughs) How about the best man, Flora? How about the best man? Uh, In ancient times, men sometimes captured women to make them their brides. A man would take along his strongest and most trusted friend, to help him fight resistance from the woman's family. <laughs> no, don't marry not, her. Not, we'll get into it a little bit later, but 
Not entirely in ancient times. Oh. Some of these practices were only outlawed like within the last 20 years. <laughs> this friend, therefore, was considered the best man among his friends. In Anglo-Saxon England, the best man accompanied the groom up the aisle to help defend the bride. The bride stands to the left of the groom, so his sword arm is free. <laughs> How about the dress? Give me the dress. Traditionally, the wedding dress has not always been white. Sometimes it's not a white wedding. Hey, little sister, what have you done? Hey, little sister, what have you done? <laughs> hey, hey, little, little sister, sister, who's the only one? It's a, it's a nice day for a white wedding. It's a nice day <laughs> for a white wedding. That's a nice day to start again. <laughs> Come on! Hey, little sister! <laughs> shotgun! <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Anne of Brittany was the one who made the white dress popular to the upper, uh, the upper social classes in the year 1499, just under the century mark. Uh, before that, a woman who uh, just wore her best dress. Makes sense. Uh, the modern wedding dress tradition says that the white dress symbolizes the purity of the bride. Queen Victoria started the modern tradition of wearing white in 1840 when she married her cousin, Albert of Saxe-Coburg. Now, if you, uh, it's even gone so far now as that it's, um, you're only allowed to wear, uh, a white dress if you are a virgin in some circles. Uh, if you are not a virgin, you have to wear a slightly off, it's called a hussy white. A ain't white? That's right. Ain't white. Sometimes, sometimes just the gloves. That was a really great joke from... I could have gotten away with the theft on that one. I feel like it was uh, the critic, an old John Lovitz cartoon. Oh, where yeah. A girl goes to her debutante ball, and he's like, "Mom, could you wait?" It was like the the dressmaker. Mom, could you wait outside? I need to talk to her a little bit. <laughs> it's like, now listen, this is important to our industry, and I need to know: Can you wear a white dress? She was like, ah, "Of course I can," except the gloves. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You've heard of this, Dave. You can't see the bride in her dress before the wedding. I have heard of that. Why is that? Well, it has roots in the customs of arranged marriages. And the thought is that if the groom met the bride before the wedding and thought she wasn't attractive, he'd call off the wedding, casting shame, shame, shame onto the bride and her family. Therefore, it became tradition that the bride and groom were only allowed to meet at the wedding ceremony so that the groom did not have the opportunity to change his mind. Possibly the same goes for the veil, although that could also be to ward away or confuse evil spirits. Sweet. All right. How about the uh, garter slash bouquet, which I don't know where you're landing on this, but I find both of those, the garter in particular, to be real weird. I think I'm not going to do that unless Kim tells me. That's my whole life from here on. I think I'll do this unless I'm told otherwise. (laughs) I think that's how it's going to bounce for the rest of my life, but. I, I've always found that portion of a wedding to be very cringy. Sure. That yeah, and, and dudes don't fight over the garter. They're just like, please don't shoot it at me. Please don't. Like, <laughs> I've seen weddings where it like hits a guy in the chest and he makes no motion to catch it. It just flops to the ground. Oh, yeah. Because the indication is that you will be the next to Ed. Right. <laughs> but what? Uh, where'd this come from? No one knows. The end. Yeah. Puns. <laughs> Uh, actually it comes, the throwing of the garter comes from shock of shocks, France. <laughs> <laughs> it is believed that the pieces of the bridal attire were considered lucky. 
Uh, today, the groom removes the garter from the bride's leg and tosses it to single men, all the single men, so that someday they'll find a woman and, and like her and put a ring on it. Get your hands up. up yeah. <laughs> catch that garter. Uh, the man who catches the garter is believed to be the next to marry. There is a similar superstition regarding the bridal bouquet of the woman who catches the bouquet is believed to be the next to marry. One source said that this English tradition, uh, this was an English tradition when women used to try to rip pieces of the bride's dress and flowers in order to obtain, uh, in order to obtain some of her good luck. Jesus. Just a, an object of luck. Yeah. I just tear it to apart. Take a piece of. I got her toenails. I'm a winner. <laughs> uh, to escape from the crowd, the bride would toss her bouquet and run away <laughs> like a distracting grenade. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like, uh, it's, it's like the flare in, uh, uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park, yeah, yeah. Woof, woof, woof. and then all the, all the bridesmaids. Because <laughs> 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 everyone knows that a uh, bridesmaid's uh, vision is based entirely on, on motion. movement. Yeah. yeah, if you stay still, can't see you. <laughs> Must go faster. Must go faster. <laughs> <laughs> Life uh, 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 finds a way. Uh, whoever was the first to draw one of the bride's pins was said to be the next to the, to the altar. Bridal pins, however, could not be kept. They had to be disposed of once they'd served their one and only purpose of holding things fast on the key day. Hmm. To leave a pin on the bride would bring her ill fortune, so she had to be checked over very carefully. If the bride, or maid of honor, stands at the head of a staircase and tosses the right bridal shoe into the crowd of guests assembled at its base, the one who catches it will be the next to marry. However, in Peru, single female guests take part in a tradition uh, a little sweeter than a bouquet toss. <laughs> Charms are attached to ribbons, are tucked between the layers of the wedding cake. Before the cake is cut, each woman grabs a ribbon and pulls. At the end of the one ribbon is a fake wedding ring. The guest who picks that ribbon is said to be the next in line for marriage. Listen, that's just a good way to fuck up a cake, man. <laughs> come on, good Peru. Good way to cut, cut a cake. Yeah, come on, Peru. Think it through, man. <laughs> it's like the, the king cake. Yeah, that is. That is a king cake thing. Speaking of cakes, the wedding cake tradition is almost 2,000 years old. The Romans baked a small loaf of bread. The groom would eat part of a loaf and break the rest over the bride's head. (laughs) In medieval England, guests would bring small loaves of bread that were piled in front of the couple, and then they'd have sex on it. No, they wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) They then attempted to kiss each other over the pile. Weird. Attempted to? Like it was really difficult. You can't just stand on a cake. Careful there, mate. Careful. <laughs> Come on. Here it is. Oh, oh. bollocks. <laughs> uh, the tradition of the couple making the first cut into the wedding cake symbolizes their shared futures. I thought it was to symbolize the fact that the both hands are on the knife from this point forward. <laughs> Whoever one of them kills, they've both killed. Oh. I thought that's why the cakes were filled with fake blood. So you just cut into it and it just ran out. Oh, oh, blood cake. <laughs> New goal. <laughs> A fairly recent tradition dating back to the early 19th century is to save the top tier of the wedding cake and eat it on the first wedding anniversary. <laughs> Originally, the newlyweds ate the top tier to celebrate the christening of their firstborn, not their anniversary. You idiots. In Yorkshire and Lincolnshire, at one time, a plate of bride cake was flung over the new wife's head as she returned from church, and omens were read from the way the plate broke. Lame. The more pieces it shattered into, the happier the marriage was foretold to be. 
Conversely, a plate that didn't break was a bad sign, but quick-witted members of the bridal party would stamp upon it to avert the ill omen. The flung cake itself was scrambled for by the guests, who were all poor as shit and so hungry, so very hungry. And then they tore them into luck-bringing portions. At first, I read potions, and I was like, holy shit, everybody's a witch. But nine. 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 Uh, how about carrying the bride across the threshold? I'd like to know about that. Uh, one of these superstitions was started by the Romans, as they believed it was to make sure that the bride didn't stumble and bring the newlyweds bad luck. Ugh. Or perhaps that a bride sacrificed her virginity with appropriate reluctance, lest she get away if she if she was actually, at one point, not physically restrained. Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, another derives from an ancient belief that the newly married couple was very susceptible to evil spirits and the groom carrying the bride over the threshold were, would protect her from evil spirits lurking below. Get them through the feet. <laughs> They're all, well, they were just looking for warts to suckle on, I guess. <laughs> warts sauce. Uh, when the newly married couple would reach the threshold to the bridal chamber, the groom would carry the bride over the threshold and encourage her to go in. Well, well, yeah, I mean, why not? Hey, did you know rice, when you threw rice and stuff, you remember how the people would throw rice and yeah. rice would get thrown? Now it's not done anymore and it's just birds. Say- people, yeah, it was, it was a, people say it's because it killed birds. Or people bo- said it's because it killed birds. It doesn't. Oh. Rice doesn't kill birds. In fact, a lot of birds eat rice. Rice can't, ma- can't melt steel bells? Ex- st- yeah, exactly. Steel wedding bells. What it does do is make whatever you're you're stepping on slippery, though. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to protect yourself from injury there. Not the birds, you. Oh, this is fun. How about gifts? Yeah, give them, give okay. them to us. Now this <laughs> this sucks because there's nothing I want more than knives ever. Oh, no, but scissors and knives should not be given as a wedding gift, as it said it can lead to a broken marriage. What? Uh, many believe, especially in Asian cultures, that giving mirrors as a wedding gift should be avoided, seeing that a marriage should last a lifetime. Their breakable nature and the resulting bad luck, if broken, uh, would potentially, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of negative yeah. symbolism and superstition. But when giving money as a wedding gift in India, it should be given in odd denominations. Whereas in Japan, the money envelope should contain an odd number of bills, as it said that the couple may split the money if it can be evenly divided in two. <laughs> so does that mean like, oh, it's an odd number, so we're in this we're together. Both, yeah, so, we both get it. Yeah. Joint account. Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. You know, we also have got a couple of uh, uh of other what, just miscellaneous superstitions. Uh uh-huh, popery. Yeah. Now, is this a superstition or just common fucking sense? Sisters should never marry on the same day, uh, sure. lest lest this action condemn them both to unhappy marriages. Yeah, yeah. If you stunt your own sister's wedding, <laughs> guess what? That's going to create problems. Yeah. Jesus. Think of the parents, man. Well, somebody think of the parents. <laughs> what else you got, Flora? Well, uh, apparently a woman must not be married in the same church she was christened in. That's a lot of work. Not too hard for rambling men as ourselves. A lot of bad stuff happens to women in these, though, I'm, I'm noticing. Have you yeah. noticed that? Yeah, it's all, it's all this about women. It's not fair. How about this? The prudent bride will feed the cat before leaving for the church. Suction act will ensure her happiness because cats are little extortionists. <laughs> also, the sneeze from a cat on the wedding day is said to foretell a happy marriage. Just hay fever extortionists. <laughs> oh, this is shitty. It's unlucky to have a widow at the wedding ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that's a dick move. And if uh, if the service is interrupted by a crying child, 
It's a happy sign. That, yeah. That's just like saying it's lucky to have a bird shit on you. It's yeah. it's it's yeah, a good, exactly. It's just exactly. a dumb thing you can't avoid, so why not call it lucky? Yeah, it's like this is the shittiest thing that could happen to me right now. It's great. Right. It's like like it's it's lucky if you there's rain on your wedding day. It's <laughs> like rain on your wedding day. It's a free ride when you draw it away. <laughs> It's good about you keep going. But you just didn't take who would have thought <laughs> The rest of this episode will be the entirety of the album Jagged Little Pill as sung by David Flora. <laughs> would Flora go down on you in a theater? <laughs> Oh, let's get into some weird stuff, please. Okay. Please. Weird sh** from around the world. How about the crying Tuija people of Southwest China? Over in Sichuan, they have a thing where the bride has to cry for one hour a day for the 30 days leading up to the wedding. Yikes. You know, the, the rest of the family's encouraged to join, the mother, the grandmother, until everyone's just sobbing their sad little hearts out. And it's supposed to be not an uh, expression of misery, but of of, of just the, the uncalculable uh, joy and deep love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know. That's how you do it. That that one. Hey, have you heard of this? Have you heard of these marital duels? Oh, f- yeah. I see these sometimes they'll float around on, on one of those, um, you won't believe this or yeah. uh, weird facts. And it's like, I want to look into this. Apparently, it's true. In, media- in medieval Europe mostly Germany. Judicial combat was used to settle marital disputes. German law provided that in such a case, the man should be armed with three wooden clubs. He was to be put up to his waist in a three-foot-wide hole dug in the ground, with one hand tied behind his back. The woman was to be armed with three rocks, each weighing between one and five pounds, and each one wrapped in cloth in the form of a small sack. Called him a rock sack. Rock sack. Rock sack. Jayhawk. Clubs versus rock sacks. The man. <laughs> clubs, knives, rocks, chains, gangs in New York. <laughs> no. The man could not leave his hole, but the woman was free to run around the edge of the pit. If the man touched the edge of the pit with either his hand or his arm, he had to surrender one of his clubs to the judges. Oh, I hope there's a ref with a whistle. If the woman hit him uh, with a rock while he was while he was doing so, she forfeited one of her stones. It's a really fair system. <laughs> well, it would be a real dick move to hit hit the guy when he's handing one of his clubs in. Yeah, I just as per law, the just law. Whip the clubs off to the side. I don't know. Uh, bizarre as it may seem to us today, this marital duel was very far from play acting in the early medieval era. For both parties, the penalty for defeat could be death. If the woman won, the man was executed. If the man won, the woman was buried alive. Jesus, double or nothing. Later, the terms seemed to uh, be softened. God, I would hope but, so. But, yikes, that, that has to be one hell of a fight. Oh, how, how about this one? Uh, you know what's better than French kissing? Oh, Swedish kissing. kissing also, Swedish kissing. Also called meatballing. <laughs> um during the wedding ceremony, if the groom disappears for any reason during it, he has to go pee, get a smoke break, mm-hmm. 
uh, check on his buried reindeer, make sure it's fermenting properly. Right. Any of those reasons. That means that every unmarried young man is allowed to kiss the bride. Oh, yeah, but, and Hey, they're an egalitarian culture. Same thing. If the bride takes off for a second, it is open season on pucker town <laughs> for the groom, for the groom. Yeah. I dig it. I think that's great. Swedish. Dave, there's an old Bavarian tradition, which I'm sure you and Kim might, uh, might take up here. Well, we, we are Bavarian enthusiasts and recreate as many rich Bavarian culture traditions as possible. So <laughs> very likely, very, very You should likely. be. Bavarian culture is great. Right. The log sawing or Baumstan Sagan. This occurs right after the church ceremony. When the couple exits the church, there's a log on a sawhorse and the couple has to cut the log in half. This is to symbolize the first tough tasks of the future they can accomplish together. I dig that. I dig it. You saw it. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, here's a weird one. In Scotland, how about the blackening of the bride, which (laughs) is not entirely uh, accurate at any point. She Um, she tastes real Cajun after that. Yeah. Now, I've seen this both ways where it's just the bride or the bride and the groom. But uh, long story short, all their friends... Uh, abscond with them and they are tied up and pelted with trash, <laughs> uh, rotten milk, dead fish, tar, feathers. <laughs> Full one page spread in Scott's magazine God. under the <laughs> section. <laughs> just, just, they just, just cover them in garbage. And then after that, they cut her loose and take her out for a night of drinking. <laughs> and so the, the belief that if she or they could together, can handle that kind of treatment, then they are ready for anything that marriage will provide. Because in Scotland, that's exactly what'll happen. They'll still be pelted with garbage for the rest of their days. A lot of these are some weird form of hazing. Have you noticed that? Yeah, they are. One of the worst here, newlyweds in France were interrupted in their marriage bed by the bridal party and forced to drink leftovers of their wedding reception party out of a chamber pot. Gross. Maybe trash in there as well? Mm. Nowadays, chocolate and champagne are used as a substitute, but still served out of a toilet. Jesus. The idea was to give the bride and groom strength before their wedding night. No, they toilet didn't strength. give them like worms and dysentery. <laughs> Everybody uh, had that then, dude. I guess. This was just for fun. Oh, I've got a, I've got a fun tradition. I actually went to uh, my good friend Nick's wedding. Uh, and his wife uh, was Punjabi. And so it was this beautiful, wonderful Indian wedding, but there were a lot of things that you didn't really account for. And so as one of the, me and my other friend, Eric, were best men for this wedding. Um, at one point, there's a lot of costume changes. Uh, an Indian wedding lasts for a couple of days and a lot of different outfits. And at one point, all of the bridesmaids, and I was unaware of this. I didn't know that I was supposed to be vigilant, stole all of the groom's clothes <laughs> and you get them back by buying them. You have oh. to like, it's extortion. You have yeah. to, to buy the groom's clothes back, which I didn't know. And I'm like, ha ha ha. Okay. Here's some money. And they were like, Oh, that's only for this much. And I was like, okay, here's the rest of it. And I gave them like a lot of money, oh, like a lot of money. Uh, because you know, I was like there for vacation. So I had a lot of cash on me and I was like, okay, ha 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 thinking at some point this money's going to come back to me. Right. Gone forever. Wow. <laughs> and, but yeah, I was able to, to buy the clothes out of Hawk. 
That's that's hilarious. Yeah. You see that in, in other cultures too. I think they do the same thing with shoes in Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah. There is like a definite like portion where things are, are bartered back and forth or negotiated. And I don't know. There's a, a, a version of that. Well, not just stealing clothes, but actually kidnapping the bride is something that uh, has been practiced around the world in different cultures. Yeah. I wouldn't call that a tradition so much as just like how business used to get done. <laughs> the ritual also known as bride kidnapping, um, marriage by abduction or marriage by capture. <laughs> I like that. It's kidnapping the bride or, or sometimes known as bride kidnapping. <laughs> I think they I think they would have done well just saying bride napping, you know? No, um, no, no. They, they no, don't, they, no. It is a practice in which uh, a man abducts the woman he wishes to marry the the man abducting the woman either by force or guile was often accompanied by friends or male relatives and they take her to his family home where she is kept in her room until the man's female relatives convince her to put on the scarf of a married woman as a sign of acceptance sounds bullshit it's said that bride kidnapping still practiced in some cultures like the romani and in uh, kyrgyzstan but kind of like what you were saying russian grooms have to work for their brides before the wedding. The groom shows up at the bride's home and asks for his beloved in jest. Her friends and family refuse him until he pays up in gifts, money, jewelry, or simple humiliation. Probably goes with uh, all three of the rest there. The humiliation. Uh, grooms are forced to do silly dances, answer riddles, and perform goofy tests of worthiness like diapering a baby doll. Once the groom impresses friends and family with his bridal ransom or Vikep Nevetsky, he's allowed to meet his bride to be. So uh, here's a fun one out of Russia that um, the tradition being that if the dowry isn't pleasing or the 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 the, the match or the the wealth of the groom, that the the bride's family will bring a fake bride to the wedding and. <laughs> And originally it was, you know, a very ugly woman or an old woman. And now it's typically a, uh, uh, a cross-dressing dude, you know, in in an outfit. And he's like, you want to make bride of me, man, because this is what you get for what you offer. And it's, yeah, it's sort of like, all I have (laughs) such spectacular (laughs) wedding. So yeah, it's kind of like a a funsy money extortion (laughs) game. They're like, okay, you break Boris heart, but bring out real bride. Bring out the Natasha. We kid, we kid, we have fun. I meet you later. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pay more or you get me tonight yeah means i want oh i'm learning it oh but seriously called boris <laughs> make love to you stop boris he's getting crazy weird man yeah me pishu no i do not want your pishu <laughs> get out of before i kick you in dupa <laughs> What? 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 It's not it. All right. Uh, there's also the old classic spitting on the bride. Yeah. You like this one? At a wedding ceremony held by the Maasai people of Kenya. Or parts of New Jersey. The bride's head is shaved and lamb fat and oil is applied to it. Uh, the father of the bride blesses his daughter by spitting on her head and breasts. Weird. Spitting is a symbol of disgrace, usually, but in Maasai Nation, it is thought to bring good luck and fortune. Good old-fashioned titty spittles. She then <laughs> leaves. 
with her husband and does not look back for fear of turning into stone. The husband doesn't stay in the house in which she stays for the next two days, and then her mother-in-law shaves her head. This commences the wedding ceremony, declaring them man and wife for life. What do they do for those two days? Live off the spittle. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not living, man. All right, Flora. That's that's a fair amount of weirdness. What's that's a, a fair amount, yeah. Let's say, let's say we get down to some brass ghost tacks. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm for it. Man, there's so many weird and cool and fun uh, oh, traditions that we, are out there. That was such a short list of yeah. all the weird things. I mean, like I mean, even even things that are like uh feeding each other cake and and just there's so many cake toppers in some cultures that I mean, like everything is oh, a thing yeah. everything's got like each culture has just tons and tons of traditions and like i said we went over mostly the western traditions and oh stuff. yeah oh like what about the uh did you ever there was a i don't know if it, i doubt it's still on but there used to be like a tv show about um tuathon weddings the 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 british um traveling people they're like british gypsies like pikies huh. uh and it was um it was the show about their weddings because they there's a very specific culture to these weddings and the dresses are super insanely like the the degree to which they go for these weddings like dresses that have lights on them and they they light up and and it's the only one I remember the girl showed up in like an actual pumpkin carriage <laughs> I mean like so much it's it's like the the super 16 crazy TV show, you know, yeah. like these people just go over the top with these weddings and it's, it's a hell of a thing to watch. I, I don't remember what it's called, but it couldn't be that hard to find on the internet. Wow. I like that. I, I didn't realize until I did this, that I knew like five different names for the, yeah. The traveling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. You want to start us out with the story here? I would love to. Ooh, welcome to BP after dark. I'm your host, Dave. And, uh, this first story I'll be reading is, uh, Called White Satin. It's called White Satin. <clears throat> there was once a poverty-stricken damsel who was invited to a formal dance. <clears throat> oh, it was. No one could sit through an entire thing in that. That's. That's. We can't do that the whole time. That's not fair. That's yeah. not fair. Oh God, <laughs> this is better. It was a chance to enter a brand new world. Oh no. But that some rich young man would fall in love with her and lift her out of her life at the box factory. The box factory. The catch of the matter is that if she had no suitable dress to wear for such an occasion. Why don't you rent a costume for the evening? Suggested a friend with good diction. (laughs) A friend who sort of appeared out of some flames on the floor. Excuse me, why don't you rent a costume for the evening? (laughs) Suggested a dark and many-fingered friend. Having not thought of this before, the girl became hopeful, and that very night went to a pawn shop near her little flat, where, for a surprisingly reasonable sum, she rented a beautiful white satin gown with the accessories to match. This story brought to you by Phil Wickerson's uh, clothing rentals. (laughs) Surprisingly reasonable. (laughs) Hi. I'm Phil Wickerson. If you have an event, a dance, quinceanera, or a black mass, why not get your robes from me? I'm surprisingly reasonable. You just just burned yourself a pun, son. (laughs) I did. (laughs) (laughs) 
miraculously, it fit her like a glove and gave her such radiance that upon her arrival at the party, she created a minor sensation. She was cut in on again and again, and as she whirled happily around the floor, she felt that her luck indeed had changed for the better. Soon, however, she began to feel faint and nauseated. She fought against a growing discomfort as long as possible, but finally stole out of the house with barely sufficient strength to stagger into a cab and creep up on the stairs into her bedroom. She threw herself onto the bed, broken-hearted, and it was then, possibly in her delirium, that she heard a woman's voice whispering in her ear. It was harsh and bitter. "'Give me back my dress!' it said. "'Give me back my dress! It belongs to the dead!' The next morning... The lifeless body of the young girl was found stretched out on her bed. The unusual circumstances led the coroner to order an autopsy. It was found that the girl had been poisoned by embalming fluid, which had entered her pores when she became overheated from dancing. The pawnbroker was a reluctant... Oh, now he's a pawnbroker. Oh, no, wait, he was a pawn shop. Yeah, yeah, no, she went to a pawn shop. Yeah, whoops, whatever. Was reluctant to admit that he knew where the dress had come from, but spoke out when he heard that the district attorney's office was involved. It had been sold to him by an undertaker's assistant who had taken it from the body of a dead girl just before the casket was nailed down for the last time. They need an I-9 News investigative journalism team to get in there. Clothing to die for? The I-9 investigative team are on the case. Did this girl have to die for fashion? Embalming fluid soaking into your skin. I mean, did they just, when they turned off the machine, did it like pop off, you know? the they just hose it? Yeah, and it just be like a, they, they tried to grab the, the, the flailing tube that was spitting embalming fluid everywhere or like. Or do you yeah. just like soak a body and embalm? Yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, it's not a sponging process. Local girl is fashion victim tonight on I Nine News. What do you got, Flora? All right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll do you another ghost story here. Do me. This is called the girl who married a ghost. What? what, what? A g- 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 ghost. So it's gonna have to be a hell of a shamal on here because I feel like I know how this ends. <laughs> How it's a ghost story I want, is it? Asked the railway guard, having spent the past quarter like, of an I'd hour. I'd like that to be further towards Van Dyke. On the Firth Van Dyke scale, please. Uh, listen, I don't want to like tell you how to do your business, but I'd like to hear that more Van Dyke. But here's your business, yeah, f***er. Here's your business, f***er. All right. How it's a ghost story you want, is it? Asked the railway guard, having spent the past quarter of an hour or so conversing with the gentleman in the waiting room. Well, he continued when he received an affirmative answer. Do you ever hear of anyone marrying a ghost? I knows a young woman who married a ghost and is living with him. The young gentleman moved his shoulders ever so slightly. Uh, please, go ahead with your story, he said, brushing aside a brown curl that had slipped over one eye. Then I will, said the guard, though it's as sad and unfortunate as it is unnatural. The guard walked towards the young man, but instead of seating himself on the bench beside him, he chose to rest upon a pile of luggage nearby. Don't know why that matters at all. The woman in question was young Mary Carpenter, spoke the guard. Twenty years ago, she was living in a nearby village, she was. 
In fact, the very place you're traveling to. Dun, dun, dun. Stop, no, not yet. Oh, not sorry. yet. Okay. Save, save it, save it, save, save it. The girl was betrothed to Tom Allen, a young man who lived not far from Mary, and their wedding had been planned for the June of that year. Sadly, only a week before the wedding, the young gentleman was killed in a terrible accident whilst working on the London to Brighton line. Dun, bum, bum. No! Save oh. it. Save sorry, it, sorry, love. Save it. He had a hard job shutting those engines, and the one that took him nearly spit him in twain. Awful business it was. Well, as you would imagine, Mary was devastating. But, oddly, only days into her mourning, her grief appeared to subside and she was replaced by a strange newfound happiness. She told her parents she'd met and conversed with Tom's spirit, and they'd planned for the wedding to take place on his grave. Her parents attempted to understand their daughter's predicament, but soon they were out of their minds with worry and had to call for a doctor to assist. To their surprise, however, the physician said the girl was entirely without favor or delusion, and confirmed that her mind was perfectly intact. It was. I don't, don't, don't. Wait. No. No. no, no it no. felt. It felt right. Not quite. All right. Not Sorry. quite, mate. Apologies. The doctor was called upon several times, but on each visit, his diagnosis was consistent, and his medical skills were not called into question. Eh? The parents were entirely at odds with the whole affair, but with the sanity of their daughter confirmed, and wishing her to be happy. They allowed her to go ahead and make preparations for her wedding to the ghost. She rented a house, furnished it, and went to the minister to engage his services to pronounce the ceremony. The reverend did not take kindly to the wedding of a pretty girl to an apparition and told her it was sinful to do so. She insisted and finally seeing how heartbroken the girl was, the minister and her parents agreed to allow the marriage. She's now married, lives in a cottage for two, and apparently an empty chair sits on the opposite side of the table from her as she eats her meals. She eats and talks to the imaginary husband on the opposite side of the table, and seems to be happy as the bride of a ghost. Mr. Coppner, her father, was a well-to-do man of these parts, and as he has the money to afford it, he continues to furnish his daughter with the means of keeping her house with her husband's ghost, as long as she finds comfort for a broken heart in such an existence. I have nothing more to add, except to say I've seen little of the woman since, but each time she's appeared in public, those who've seen her say she presents herself in perfect health and is exquisitely neat and dainty. But no doubt, sir, you consider this to be nonsense. <laughs> the young man smiled and, on hearing his train arrive, rose and stepped out onto the platform. As the train moved out, however, the young man turned to remove his overcoat, and a shower of rice fell out. Oh, R- oh Reggie, sorry, my Reggie, Reggie, where are you? Uh, don't, don't, don't. There it is. Oh, That's a good lad there, there right? Don't, don't, don't. All right, all right. Too much, too much. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. All right. The guard stood behind him, a startled look on his face, and struggled to recall the chap's name. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, Flora. 
I thought it would just be like a few lines. So, so sorry about that. That really, really made a lot of work for you on that. Good thing ghost stories are at the end of this yeah. episode. Yeah. Sorry about that. Woo. All right. How about I close this out? These, uh, these spooky tales of Spookerton. Uh, this next one is The Bride of Bellamy Bridge. Ooh. This one's a could be true one, huh? Nice. Elizabeth Jane Bellamy was the beautiful young bride of a prominent Jackson County, Florida planter, politician, and bank examiner named Dr. Samuel C. Bellamy. That was a hell of a sentence. There you go. The two were deeply in love and planned for their wedding to take place in the backyard of a beautiful mansion that Dr. Bellamy supposedly built for his wife-to-be in nearby Mariana, Florida. A lot of geography. The wedding is said to have been a remarkable affair, attracting guests and gifts from as far away as Europe. So far. I sent them a pocket watch and a fine set of linens. I sent them molasses from the Caribbean. (laughs) The two were wed in a garden of roses, and in their vows, each promised to love each other forever. In the hours following the wedding, however, storytellers hold that a horrible strategy, a strategy, struck the young couple, and they plotted, and they deviously planned, and then they enacted the strategy. Horrible strategy. In the hours following the wedding, however, storytellers hold that a horrible tragedy struck the young couple. Elizabeth, they say, was either dancing with her new husband or resting upstairs in a comfortable chair. You know, they're pretty much the same thing. Uh, When her long gown suddenly came in contact with either a candle or an open fireplace or a fire demon, the rich material burst into flames and before her husband or any of the guests could react, Elizabeth ran screaming from the house, overcome by the flames. She was horribly injured. The young woman survived for a few days, writhing in incredible agony, before finding peace in the arms of death. Mm -hmm. Her body was taken to the plantation of Samuel's brother, Dr. Edward C. Bellamy, and laid to rest in a grove of trees near the Chipola River. The legend holds, however, that the grave was unable to contain her love for her lost husband. A spectral figure dressed in white began to appear at night along the banks of the river. In later years, when Bellamy Ridge was built at the site, her ghost was often seen in the swamps surrounding it. Okay, so that was a pretty scary story, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? Right. Okay, well, guess what? I'm going to be able to, to give you some factual information so this tale, will, this tale won't scare you out of sleeping for the rest of your life. This was based on a true story? Yeah. They, uh, they were real people. They did get married. Uh, but Elizabeth actually died of fever in 1837 when she was only 18 and her son Alexander joining her a week later. Both were laid to rest near the bridge. Uh, Samuel never remarried. The tale was probably mixed up with another of a young slave woman who died in a fire at the Bellamy Plantation on her wedding night. And so over time, these two things were kind of just melded together yeah. into to one terrifying story. Well, that's how that shit works. Yep. That's a few. That's a few. Are you, are you, do you still want to get married? I do. I do so far. I mean, I do still want to get married despite everything I've heard. We've actually told a, a wedding ghost story before. I believe we oh, did yeah, yeah. in the, one of our ghost stories. Uh, I am the bride in, in the, the box. box. <coughs> <coughs> okay. Too much singing already. Too much, my ass. So, uh. <laughs> Come and save me. Okay, that's enough. That's a good one, though. Yeah, it is. Why? <laughs> oh, actually, but that, <laughs> that sounded like like we like switched over from Alice in Chains to uh, Tool. That that feels like we 
went from man in the box to uh, sober for just a second. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. They were both bitching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you can find, if you want some more wedding ghost stories, go back and find that ghost. So, yeah, we're getting married, and that'll do it for uh, all these wedding superstitions and ghost stories and, and weird stuffs and origins behind it. In a, in a white garter clad, garter clad, uh, nutshell with a ring on it. Oh. And blood. What? Do you hear that? Huh? That song, oh, it sounds nice. It sounds so what familiar. A, what a good beat. Do you know what song this is? Yeah. Wait a minute. This is, um, no, wait, it's, um, it's not Iggy Azalea. Um, Flora, it's the Reigns of Castamere. Oh, shoot. <laughs> the balconies. We're getting pelted and poison dipped. Puns! <laughs> And someone runs up behind Floor and stabs him in the gut. Pun, 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 pun. <laughs> My pun, baby. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Hey, Flora, did you um, hear about the new uh, inclusion in the United States tax code for uh, the dearly departed to uh, get married now? No. Is yeah. this... Is this one of those socialist programs that's going to doom us all? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but it's, That I'm going to pay more taxes in and actually pay less in medical costs well, for over the long term. Also, it's undermining the sanctity of your marriage. Don't forget that part. Because <laughs> what other people do directly affects how valuable your marriage is. Is this the thing that's actually going to cost more, but provide more jobs and opportunities for people, thereby putting more money into the economy and boosting everybody's well-being? Because so- if it is, I'm not for it. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, it's the new amendment that they added in for, uh, for spectral uh, marriage. What is it? Matrimony. <laughs> I hear that's a specialty at... Phantom Hill. Phantom Hill. Phantom Hill. Phantom Hill. <laughs> well, you know what? I've got a bridal-themed taxi service. Oh, thank God. That you use to take you to and from the church. Uh-huh. Here comes the ride. <laughs> I like that. You know, uh, in Scotland, there is a tradition of uh, tying the bride-to-be to a post, preferably near a pond, and uh, covering her... <laughs> in uh honey and breadcrumbs and just letting the ducks go to town oh yeah yeah it's called quackening the bride oh let's see frank and duck sound <laughs> uh all right i've got a uh an illustrator who only does wedding ceremonies sweet maybe you want to hire this guy uh if you do you'll want to look for the business name i drew Oh, oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. <laughs> Them's puns. Them's puns. So here's the deal, everybody. Um, I should have said this before, but we've got a lot of international listeners. Uh-huh. We've got a lot of uh, listeners across the states, which, you know, in different regions, you've got different traditions as well. Oh, yeah. Tell us if, number one, we got any of these traditions wrong or if you've heard them a different way. And number two, do you have any weird yeah. Wedding traditions that uh, uh, that you know of. Annie actually asked uh, her sister about the the log song one. That's how I, oh, I yeah. found that one. But yeah, I mean, like we said, there's as many traditions as there are marriages. <laughs> 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 but let us know uh, 
let us know how 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 it goes for you in your neck of the woods. Well, now it's now that we've gotten through all the hard work, the cake's eaten, the band's gone home. Let's just sit back into a nice restful honeymoon with the sweet sultry sounds of Van Morrison. Let us I, uh, you know that I actually auditioned into a second city show based solely on, on being the drunkest Van Morrison I could be for a sketch. Redundant. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and I, one thing I'll never understand is that we were sitting in there and they were like, okay, you know, like they'll, they'll pair you off for scenes. They're like, oh, you be this person. And I like, wasn't even going to be in the scene. And they're like, and you, they said to this other guy, like, okay, you be Van Morrison. And the guy goes, I don't, I don't know who Van Morrison is. Mm. I mean, he's, and he goes, well, I mean, I, I kind of know how like he sings. And in my head, I remember going, that's all you fucking need to know. Well, yeah. What, why sure. would you, why would you say that in an audition? So I was like, I know exactly who he is. I, at the time I was like, is he Irish or Scottish? Shit. <laughs> and so he's from uh, Northern yeah. Ireland, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't he from Belfast? I don't know. This is, I know that he's Northern Irish and I know that it's a wonderful night for the moon dance and the shit I can shit out of Belfast because the nice magic. It's actually, it's like singing Orson Welles, really. It is, yeah. yeah. What what That's what matters awesome. is that uh the, the, I, I landed the part, got in the show. Well done, thank you, listener man. <laughs> Tales of barely successful acting. <laughs> okay, well we've got some great listener mail, and most importantly. This week, we've got some great listener hate mail. We've got some which, hate mail. Which, uh, it's, it's disappointing. We don't get a lot of hate mail. Um, I would love to read hate mail. I think it's more entertaining than regular mail. But we do have uh, some really, some fucking glorious hate mail. Some fucking glorious. Yeah, because we're, we, we're idiots. We've gotten one, one person took the time to actually go to the contact form and submit some hate mail. Yep. And then um, we just today got a comment on yeah. Facebook. So I, I don't know if you can guess or not, but they're about the flat earth episode, <laughs> <laughs> which is great because we, when we were talking to, uh, we were recently guests, as we said on the, uh, expanded perspectives podcast. Oh yeah. And we had kind of the way the timing worked. We had recorded flat earth, but not released it. Um, we had recorded it the night before. And then we were talking to Kyle and cam and, and they're, they're just such nice guys that we probably just shot the shit for an hour, just talking oh, yeah. about this and that. And, uh, before, before we, we even, even yeah, yeah started the actual uh, interview, and one of the things they they had mentioned, you know, somebody made a, a joke about Bob, and we were like, oh, well, we just recorded a flat Earth episode, and they were both like, okay, like, just get ready because <laughs> you're gonna get some emails, yep. and both of us were like, oh, I do hope so, <laughs> and so I mean, honestly. I was kind of hoping for a few more, but well, the the night's young, my that's friend. That's true, yeah. The, the night, night is, is young, young. <laughs> and uh, so are we. From first time listener, <laughs> I deeply hope not last time listener. I I mean that. I really I want more of this. Uh, which which comes to us from the 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 address. It's blah 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 at fushill dot com. Uh, I don't. I got to be honest. I don't feel like lol at fuckyoushill.com is an actual email address. I feel like maybe that's false information. I went on a roller coaster. I'll, before you get into this, I went on a roller coaster reading this just because I wasn't sure if it was a joke or not, 
I'll I'll let you read it then, and uh, then and then we'll talk more about it. Yeah. First time listener writes, "You guys have to be shills. Nobody can be as genuinely stupid as you idiots presented yourselves in episode one thirty seven. You relayed theories based off formulas that can support flat Earth and spherical theories providing the proper variables, and quoted them as truth. Good job, douchebags." Sadly, any retard who listens to this won't be intelligent enough to realize you're passing fluff off as facts. Y-O-U-R, by the way. Yep. (laughs) Nice catch. (laughs) The earth is flat. Now go D-I-A-F for the sake of humanity. Now that part threw me for a loop. Yeah. yeah. So Flora and I had a little text discussion about this. (laughs) I put forth that it was do it after Friday. (laughs) Do it always freaky. (laughs) David's is alpha freaky studs <laughs> don't ignore a frog i feel like that's good advice for the sake of humanity dude yeah turns out stands for die in a fire oh yeah yeah so so there there's there's the reasoned there's the reasoned response to our uh let's see uh idiots retards douchebags and go die in a fire yeah so, and shields don't forget shields oh that's yeah the we're first shells thing. yeah we're shells I love it. I love this guy's. This guy's really right on. He's tapping into the hotline. Oh man, I I didn't think the first person who would write us hate mail would be so spot on with <laughs> calling us out. No, no, no. We are shills for the NWO. <laughs> How we, did you know? I we thought we hit it so well by acting so poor. Flora and I keep waiting for our check to show up from the shadow government, but what I realize is it's a government of the entire planet, so it's a slow bureaucracy. Yeah, it's, it's I'm hoping that up. we'll get it before the end of the year. Also, our reptilian mask repair kits, because I'm getting a little tatty around the edges. <laughs> <laughs> Need some spirit gum. Yeah. Flora, what do you got? Oh, is that all we're going to say about this shit? <laughs> oh, well, no, I mean, like... uh I, I mean, the guy made a well-reasoned argument. Well, besides telling us to die in a fire, uh, besides that argument, he says we relayed theories based off formulas that can support flat earth and spherical theories providing the proper variables. He kind of like says there's there's formulas for each. Right. And, and so you, you and so you quoted them as truth. Well, well, what we did is we actually, I mean, I, I, we related the quote-unquote proof of flat earth and the rebuttals of right what i call reality <laughs> right uh, i don't yeah i don't know i mean here's the thing at the end of the day you can't expect any of those arguments to, to really make sense so you know i i think i get the feelings this is uh clearly we touched a nerve maybe yeah first time listener was was pretty fired up and i think that he was probably thinking faster than he was writing and didn't realize that he didn't write down everything i'm sure if if given just a moment to cool out Maybe, you know, have a Coke and a smile. He would uh, have written a, a more clear cogent, and cogent yeah. disassembly of our propagandist horse shit. Our very well-funded. Yeah. Well, propaganda. here's the thing. We live in a house of cards, floor. It just takes one brave citizen, uh, squatch, squatch hunter patriot, <laughs> to throw the first stone to bring all of this crumbling down. Good job. Yeah. Good, jo- good job, first time listener. Please, I'm please, glad you were able to provide us with your name. Please don't literally be a first time listener. I want more of this. Tell us how else we're wrong about. I would love that. You know, there was a great, world. there was a great old SNL sketch with a, a guy playing Chris Matthews and they would always have uh, someone playing Harry Belafonte and Harry Belafonte would always say the craziest things in the world. And there was one episode and he was like, mm-hmm, that was a good guest. 
Belafonte, hit me with some crazy. The, the poodle's the black man of the dog world. Oh, that's it, Harry. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, we just uh, got a got a comment on the Flat Earth uh, link on the Facebook page. Actually, oh, nice. Which we got. A t- I mean, gosh, a lot of of guys. Of, thank you so much for writing yeah. in on that. That. Y- you you gotta you gotta know that every like and comment that you guys put on there, it's it's like a it's like sweet sweet urine in yeah, our faces. It's, it's <laughs> no wait, it's, co- it's cocaine, yeah, <laughs> cocaina for for our soul. So thank you uh, for for yeah. liking and commenting on stuff. But uh, uh, one person said, "Stop and think for a minute. Do any of you believe that Sandra Bullock filmed the movie Gravity in space? Well, duh." So that should make heliocentrists think, right? Not so. Fools actually believe we are spinning 1,000 miles per hour right now on a ball. LOL! LOL. I think it's funny. I, I always think it's funny when people use movies as source material. Well, it took me a second to unpack this. And at first I thought that she was claiming that like Lord of the Rings was a documentary. And then I realized, oh no. Because they filmed gravity and made everything appear to be in space. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah then she's saying, oh, so you can fake anything in space. Ignoring the fact that especially uh, astronomy and astrophysics, number one proponent on the planet, Neil deGrasse Tyson, kind of took an evil delight in pointing out the inconsistencies in gravity when it came out. Yeah. So like the number one proponent of space exploration was like, well, Sandra Bullock's hair never moves. Yeah. You know, wasn't really easy, you know, pointed out all the like, oh, actually these two things don't really operate in the same orbit, so so they wouldn't ever interact. I mean, the difference in these orbital di- uh, diameters is yeah. extraordinary. And so, which I thought was kind of fun, you know, he was like needling it even though they tried so hard to make everything, you know, hyper realistic. Sure, and they and did a good job. It you was know, a great they, movie. They did a good job, but uh it wasn't perfect. Yeah, so what she's saying is if they can make that, that then they yeah. can fake anything. Just like just like uh the lunar landing looked exactly the same as gravity, you know. Right. Um but you know, we're fools. I I I uh for those of you who haven't seen it, I I decided I was going to to take the helm on the reply on that one. And just posted a picture of me in Antarctica. I've got a thousand of them. Uh, I just picked the one that made me look coldest. That's the one I picked. Um, actually, there was a. I almost took up. There's a picture of me in front of a uh, a C140 transport plane. And honestly, I didn't include it because uh, without zooming it in, I was like, I don't know if I can see the side windows on this shot. <laughs> and oh, I was like, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to muddy it up. But I'll put that one up too. Why the hell not? You can go to yeah, my well, Facebook page. It's they're all there. I always go back to the fact that if you're on a train, if you've taken public transportation around here, we have the CTA, the Chicago Transit Authority, and you get on the L and it's running along between stops and you jump, you're going to stay in the same place. Yep. And if you jump off that train and you land on the platform, if, it, if that train's in motion and you jump off that plane, that train and hit the platform, you will hit and your body will instantly be hurled to the ground. Yeah. Because you are moving lateral, you know we've we've gone through this. We've, Everyone we've gone gets through it, it. and I, I just don't understand why it's like. Well, if something is moving and you're on it, you're you're going to be with that inertia. You're you're going to be connected to it and and moving at the same speed. The air inside the same way, like everything is. So that's why we don't jump and the ground moves under us. Like I don't understand why that's so hard to. I, I mean, it, here's the thing. It comes down to this. 
there's a kind of person in this world, uh, and fortunately, a uh, uh, you know, vast minority of people, who require only their own personal understanding of the world. Yeah. They don't, these are the same people that says, I don't need no egghead at Harvard to tell me what's what. Um, that they only require that things make sense to themselves as written by themselves as read to themselves. Yeah. And so everything only has to be consistent with their own understanding of the world. They will never seek a further understanding because it's difficult. And it's, and a lot of the things they're saying have to do with the, the counterintuitive properties of very basic Newtonian physics. Yeah. And um, things that people figured out a long time ago with much less access to, to information than we have now. But the, despite the fact that we literally swim in a pool of data yeah. all day, every day, we'll not actually seek that out or we'll seek that out. Not with the intention of saying, well, what does this really mean? But with the, in, with the perspective of where is the lie? Right. You know, right. You're and right. because it makes them again, that's why all of these, these comments um, are so belittling, you know, you're a fool, you're retarded. Oh, yeah, you're they have stupid. to go after us in an ad hominem. It's it's easier to to say, all these arguments are based on ego. Like, I am a very smart person. And since it doesn't make sense to me, it's not real. Yeah. And you are too dumb to get that. And that's, and it's fine because honestly, full disclosure to a degree, that's how I feel from my side of the fence. Yeah, but you're using facts to back you up, not opinions. Very true. You know, like I, I understand how, <laughs> so we'll let you have a little of that arrogance. <laughs> I actually know how to calculate a force vector. And that's really, that is honestly all you need to put this to bed. <laughs> if, if, if you know how to combine different force vectors, yeah, that's it. That is really all you need to say, oh, the earth is round moving on with my life. Yeah. But you know, whatevs. Well. I hope I want to hear from more of them. I love I, it. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to hear from more too. I'm an instigator. I mean, I'm like Woody Woodpecker and I will keep f***ing with those walruses picnics. <laughs> Don't manufacture any of these for us though. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get plenty on, on their, on yeah. their own. Well, we've got some friends of the podcast that are stirring the pot a little bit, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some people do it, but you can tell it's oh, yeah. tongue in cheek. I, I don't want, like when I read that. I was like, somebody is somebody. This is so off the wall. The the email that we got, yeah. uh, not the Facebook, but the email. I was like, this is this is so far in crazy town that somebody is doing this to us. Like, I love it. But then I was like, you know what? There's something about the tone of it where I'm like, somebody who's who's just doing this to f with us. I don't think they hit the right tones in here. Right. So I think that one was real. I don't know, but. Anyway, Either way, I had a ton of fun with it. You can always uh, send us your emails. We're going to do a, a supplemental here uh, probably within the week. Oh, yeah. Do a little bit of a catch up. and um, It's got a lot of a catch up. We're caught up, mother liquors. Well, we have a lot have come in. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're, we're going to do that. You can always go to blurryphotos.org and, and hit us up on our contact page. Check out the archives there for past episodes. Mm -hmm. You can download them there or stream them if you want. We're also on uh, Facebook, as you know, making a steady, steady march back on track to. Yeah, we one. did. We had a fieldo. Huge burst. We got like Huge 30 burst. likes or something. That's awesome. And I still, I still say we've got a month. I still say we can hit a fieldo. We can hit a fieldo. We Come can on, definitely hit it. everybody. Just Do click it. it. Doing well. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading all of our episodes and stuff on iTunes. Thanks for the five star ratings and Love reviews those. that we've got. Thanks for all of our new reviews. Thank you to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative, full of awesome podcasts. Would you like to hear one? Look them up. 
chicagopodcastcooperative.com. That's right. You can find all, uh, a whole list of podcasts there. And they are righteous. Follow us on Twitter at blurry underscore photos, of course. Tweet us, retweet us to your friends. Grab yourself a free audiobook from audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. That's right. Uh, maybe get in trouble at your local high school. Have to serve uh, detention on a Saturday with a whole bunch of other people from different uh, social cues as you. You know, maybe a jock, uh, maybe uh, uh, a no good Nick, maybe a nerd. Uh, maybe the, the psychopath, maybe the, the, the princess, and maybe you spend the whole day together and you learn about each other's lives. And finally, at the end of it, you realize that you've formed a sort of club of sorts. Then on your way out, if you're the tough guy, put your brand new diamond earring in and then raise one hand triumphantly and punch the donate button <laughs> as the simple minds plays. Don't you forget, forget to donate. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, it was fun to do. <laughs> You're Judd Nelson. <laughs> no, Dad. What about the donate button? <laughs> you. <laughs> do that too. Do it all. Um, I think that'll do it for us. One more episode. One more bullstone in season four. That's right. We got uh, we got some good friends of the podcast. Got some new faces that you'll never see, but a new voice. I think so. I yeah. think if all, if all works out. So yeah. looking forward to stuff. Paid for our vendor table at the Milwaukee Paracon today. Nice, hi. Which is going to be in October this time. Sweet. So, spookily, uh, spookily, and dookily. But, uh, anyways, for this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been David Chapel of Florov. And I have been Dave permanently deleting my OKCupid OK profile, Stecco. Phantom Hill. Phantom Hill. Bye. Phantom, Phantom Hills is proud to offer indoor, outdoor, or transdimensional venues for all of your... Just, yeah. Phantom Hills is proud to offer indoor, outdoor, or subdimensional... It... Phantom Hills. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> it is... Okay, because the more I do that, the harder it's going to be to do. So I need to f***ing land this thing. <laughs> Might be too late already. <laughs> I can feel that every time I did, I was like, it's going to get harder. Phantom Hills. <laughs> okay. It keeps like less and less of a word every time. It's like, Phantom Hills. <laughs> Offers the best. And don't forget to stay for the big drawing. All right. Hee haw, hee haw comes out at night. All right, you got it. Phantom. <laughs>
Phantom Hills has been <laughs> with great power. I <laughs> know. Okay. 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 Phantom Hills. <laughs> Phantom Hills offers. <laughs> 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 Phantom Hills offers a world-class... You, have to, you, have to, you actually have to say the word phantom. Phantom Hills offers a world... No. Phantom Hills offers a world-class... I can't get any breath after doing I, yeah, that. I know. It's hard. I had to like... Phantom Hills. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do, you need a, do you need a tuning whistle? Mm, la, 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 la. Phantom Hills, Phantom Hills, Phantom Hills offers a world. <laughs> it's this. Turn. <laughs> Oh man, I should hurt my nose laughing at that one. <laughs> Tall boy. <laughs> I'm going to do that way again. I like that. Ready? Okay. It kind of gets up under you. Gets up on my undercarriage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is like nothing but breathy creeper talk. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay, here. We go. Tall boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No. 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 We. This is. This is a serious production. <laughs> Tall boy. Fouties. <laughs> Shouties. Tall boy. <clears throat> Tall boy. Fouties. Hey, <laughs> ready? We can do this. We can do this. Tall boy. <laughs> Damn, it. Damn it. Okay, okay. All right. All right. Tall boy. Fouties. Budweiser select. Because <laughs> it's fancy. <laughs> snoot. Boom, wood, snoot. Snoot, wood, snoot. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm here to remind you of the uh, This is what we talked about last time, unless you pronounce it. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Leave it all in. Leave it. Fought it to me. <laughs> <laughs> two, two beers.